And welcome to Reim Ahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I am so happy that you are joining me, that you waited for me today on jradio.com. Yes, thank you for joining me here today. It's hot in the studio. Anyways, this is a live show. Yes, November 3rd, 2016. You might be listening to this Monday night. I'm not sure, but whenever you are listening to this, Be'ez Hashem, Nasiv Natsliach, today's show, Be'ez Hashem, will be an amazing show. It will be an amazing show. How do I know it? The reason that I know is because we have Siyat Deshmaya. It's really nothing to do with me. It's the Siyat Deshmaya that we have. When we do this show, I think it all starts with Nisim and Jerut, and it's sort of like, you know, it sort of moves its way down. The Kedusha moves, moves itself down from Nisim. That's the one who really we owe all our thanks to over here in Jerut. Okay. Today, I want to discuss, oh boy, it's a little bit late, I know. I want to discuss two topics. The first topic I th- is of utmost importance. Utmost importance, the first topic. Second topic is also important. We sort of touched on it last week. And I think it's also important. I hope, I really hope that we are going to be able to get to the second topic as well. Okay, like this. I know that all of you listening know what I'm about to say because we've heard this like a million times over, right? What am I talking about? Um, what I'm talking about is as follows. I'm just opening up the file over here. Whatever I got over here. Okay. Lo tov heyos adam levado. It is not good for the adam to be by themselves. Eselo ezer kinegdo. I will make for him, Hashem says, Ezer, a help Kinegdo. Now, Kinegdo can mean several things. I mean, what does Kinegdo actually mean? Kinegdo could mean against him. <laughs> On the other hand, Kinegdo could also mean that he's helping him. He's right opposite him. So what does it mean? The Chazal tell us that when 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 Hashem said Zacha, when, when when this pasuk is said, what what that what? It means it's following. It means that Zacha Ezer Lo Zacha Kenegdo. If the person merited, then his wife will become a helpmate. If he did not merit, then she will become against him. So it could work, it could work both, both ways. His wife could be, gentlemen who are listening to this, your wife could be wonderful. She could be helpful. She could be caring, loving. She could be supportive. She could be symp- sympathetic. She could be great. On the other hand, your wife can also be horrible. She could be against you. She could work against you. You could come home. You don't want to come home because you can never make her happy. And whenever you come home, all she does is complain and criticize and attack, etc., so how does that work? It's just a matter of like a mazel thing. If you're zocha, yes. If you're not zocha, not. It's very strange because we know good and well that Kadosh already, I mean, your spouse um, has been already been 40 days before you were born, right? And Kadosh Baruch sits there as if to say kaviyachal and is mazavik zivugim. That's what Kadosh right? So during Shashat Meibreshis. So, so what does it mean? Like, okay, I'm lucky. I have a good wife. Or actually, no, I'm unlucky. I don't have a good wife. So you're lucky and I'm unlucky. It's just a matter of a zechus, right? What's a zacha? 
So it's very interesting how Reb Desler, Reb Desler says the word Zeiche, what does the word Zeiche mean? The Lashen Zeiche comes from the Shoresh of the word Zach. You know, like Shemen Zach, which means clear, that when we're talking about Schusavos, Lamashal, right? Talking about Schusavos. So it's not just about, oh, Schusavos, oh, I've run me so I don't have to worry, I can do whatever I want. So you know what? I'm just going to deal the way I want to deal with and just forget about it and just I have Schusavos. No, 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 no. Part and parcel of is acting in the way that Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov acted. That's part, and that's what speaks about that. So the word Zacha, I saw this board in others from as well, I think it's beautiful. The word Zacha doesn't mean Zacha, that just your merit, it happens to be your mazel. The word Zacha is an active word. It means that you're Zocha if you are actively doing what you need to do in the relationship. If you are doing your role, and I'm not talking about what you want to do. I'm talking about what Hashem wants us to do. And by the way, don't get scared of this. You know, I say, I know I have all sorts of listeners from very, very religious to very not. But I want to tell you, it's not about, oh my gosh, I have to do what Hashem wants me to do. And if I don't do what Hashem wants me to do, then it's all going to be bad. But either way, you know, uh, if, if I do it, it's not good. If I don't do it, it's not good. No, no, no. If you do what Hashem has expected of you to do in your relationship, What's going to happen is basically that your marriage is going to succeed. You hear me? Your marriage is going to succeed because you're, you're following the instructions. Not the instructions given to you, let's say, in the secular world, but the instructions given to you in the Torah. And we spoke about this last week. That what is the instructions? The instructions is the vacus. Al-Kinyazov ishes of the simo, but dovak bishto. There's instructions for a relationship, and those instructions involve two very, very big factors. Number one, the Gemara speaks about it, and ultimately the Ramam writes it in, in, in Halacha. Number one for the man is to respect his wife more than he respects himself. Yeah, tall order there. And number two is to love his wife. So not just to respect your wife, but also to love your wife. And for the woman also to respect her husband, to treat, her, to treat him like a king, and of course for her to treat him her like a queen. But these are not like nice, nicety nice sayings. This is what Hashem expects of us. And this is what's meant by the word Zacha. Zacha is not just a matter, oh, you married it, you have a good wife, you don't have a good wife. No, are you doing what you're supposed to do? Hey, Rabbi Greenfield, this sounds like a great speech, but you don't know my wife. You don't know my husband. If you would know my wife, if you would know my husband, you'd understand he's completely opposite than me. She's completely opposite than me. Everything that I want, she doesn't want. Whatever he wants, it's like we're two different worlds, like black and white. Not even a black and white cookie because that's actually one piece. We're so, so polarized. Well, guess what? It's the perfect shidduch. Yeah, I'm serious. The perfect shidduch. Because marriage is not about being alike. It's not about being the same. Even though, obviously, there are certain pivotal pieces that do have to be alike in the same way. You would never have gotten married in the first place. And I'm sure like major issues such as Ashkafa and Mahalach and the main basic core issues are alike, but many, if not most of person, first of all, the fact that you're just opposite genders is going to make you so different, so different. That's number one. And number two, the fact that you just have different personalities. Even if you're not different genders, you, you have different personalities and you'll only find this out once you get married. Don't fool yourself into thinking, those of you who are going out now in Shaduchim, 
thinking, oh, we are so the same. We are not going to have issues at all because everything I speak about, she agrees with me. She's totally on the, we're totally on the same page. It's not going to be a problem. Because all the married people out there know how not true that is. That just because you were all on the same page when you first went out, now you're married and it's like you see ma- major, major differences. So what's shot? How can we have all those differences? Guess what? Custom designed. It was custom designed for you. Because marriage is not about taking. Marriage is about giving. If it's about taking, then you're right. You're messed up. But if it's about giving, then actually you're not messed up. It was custom made for you and for your wife. All your polarizations, all your differences, all your issues were custom made to see how you will handle it and for you to plug into a Kaddish Baruch Hu's midah of chesed. That is one of the primary purposes of marriage, to give. Even though I don't want to give, even though I don't agree with you, even though I think you're ridiculous, even though I think what you're asking is so off the wall, it doesn't make sense, but I'm still going to do it for you because I'm going to plug into a Kaddish Baruch Hu's midah of chesed. And that's what it's all about. And I want to focus now on this Ezer Connecto bit. Because two pieces, um, several pieces. Number one, Ezer Connecto. So happy you're listening today. Wow. I don't know where you are, in your kitchen, in your car, wherever you are. And thank you for waiting. Because it's an important show. And I, I really want people to absorb what I'm talking about today. And Mitzvah Hashem will have Siyat It's like this. Number one. We spoke, we spoke about this last week a little bit, but I want to speak about it again. As far as Ezer Connecto. A lot of people... I think, hmm, should I say more men than women and more women than men? I'm not even sure how it is. But I'll tell you this. A lot of spouses feel that their mission in the relationship is to musser their spouse. To musser their spouse. Your dress is too long. Your sleeves are too long. You're, um, you know, you can't wash that way. You should really make two ketchups, one for milk, one for fleshics. You know, um, there's a whole Shiloh about what you're doing. I don't know if you're allowed to do it. Um, not just for the men, for the women also. How come you're not going to shear? You know, you, you wake up and then you end up missing half of Shachris. I don't understand why you're doing that. What do you mean why I'm telling you? What, what, what type of silly question? What do you mean why I'm ask, telling you this? Because I'm your wife and you're my husband and I'm your Asia Connector and I have to tell you these things. I have to tell you where you're going wrong in Yiddishkeit. <laughs> That's what I have to do. Okay, I ask you a question, ladies. Is this helping? Like, how many times have you been telling him this? Let's say you disagree with me and you say, no, no, this is my mission. This is my mission in my, in my relationship. So let's say, let's say you do it. And don't get me wrong. I know how frustrating it is. I know how difficult it is. I've seen this. I work with couples. Baruch Hashem, I see this all the time. Women are so frustrated. Why are they so frustrated? Because their husband, who was supposed to be a Ben Torah with Yerushalayim, is not going davening on time, or he's not going to a shear, he's not whatever it is. And it's, I understand it's frustrating. I don't know that that's your mission, ladies. You can speak to your rabbi, you can speak to your posik, you can speak to your chacham. I have. And I will tell you that what? That it's not your mission to make sure that he goes to davening early. Gentlemen, it's not your mission to make sure that your wife wears an extra long skirt. I'm not saying that you know, you know, I know I'd be so careful, so careful, because when I speak about Sneas, I, you know, not always, but once in a while, you know, I'll get that radical feedback, like, what do you mean? Sneas in the house, it's the bedrock. It's the bedrock of Shalom Bayis. Let me tell you something. 
because I'm not I'm not saying this myself. Who am I? I'm nothing. I'll tell you one thing because I heard I heard clear shear from Reuven Feinstein, and this is what he says. If you married your wife in a certain way, when you married her, and by the way, I'm not talking about halacha now, so don't get excited on me here because I'm not talking about halacha. I'm not talking about where, you know, your wife is wearing, a, a, you know, a, a skirt that, chas uh, you know, is, is so high, nebuch, you know what I'm saying, mamish against halacha, which is a very big problem. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about your chumras and your minhagim. That's what I'm talking about. <coughs> and, and what happens is, and what happens is, we're just trying to work the recording over here. And what happens is, is that, uh, is that you're very uncomfortable. Like, whoa, you know, this is very inconvenient. I come to shul with my wife and I'm, I'm embarrassed. Like, first of all, what are you embarrassed about? Maybe you're going to the wrong shul. Is she keeping the halacha? If she's doing the halacha, that's it. But Rabbi Greenfield, what do you mean? What do you mean? It's the bedrock, the foundation of, of Shalom Bayis. It's, it's sneers in the house. That's the bedrock. No. No. Let me tell you what. The bedrock and the foundation of Shalom Bayis in your house is. The bedrock and the foundation of Shalom Bayis in your house is that there's no machlaikis. Do you hear me? Because that's what it is. The Shalom Bayis because you're splitting yourself apart from your wife. You're going to want to give her musr about her tzinius. You're going to tell her, don't you ever wear that? You're going to tell her what you're doing is really disgusting and how can you walk like that on the street and it's very inappropriate to do that? You're going to tell her that? Is she keeping halacha? Is she past the point of halacha? Whatever halacha it is, and this is not a halacha show. You could speak to your rub, you could speak to your posik, but ask him the right question. Ask them, what's the halacha when it comes to tzinius? Rebbe, chacham, moreno v'rabbeinu, tell me, what's the halacha? And then see if your wife's keeping the halacha. Now, if she's not keeping the halacha, by the way, don't you think for a second that you go over her and say to her, by the way, you're not keeping the halacha. You cannot dress like that. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not going to work. You know what it's going to cause in your house? I'm so sorry to say this. You know what's going to cause? A big machlokis. That's what's going to happen in your house. It'll become a big machlokis. She'll say, too bad. I'm sorry. Don't get involved with my dress. And in a certain sense, she's right emotionally. And even not emotionally. It's just, it turns out she's right. It turns out she's right. So what do I do? She's not keeping halacha. She's mama. She's talking about her. The sleeves are way above. There are different ways to handle it. You think of how to motivate her to keep the halacha. Come to her and tell you not keeping the halacha. If she mamish wants to keep the halacha. And if you have the wife who mamish, but they're careful. But they're she wears... She wears whatever, you know, whatever she was taught in, in, in seminary or whatever it is. And she, she doesn't know. She, she doesn't know. She didn't realize, or maybe by mistake, she didn't realize she has a slit in her skirt. And now she, you're telling her this and that. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying the halacha is one way or the other. But whatever the halacha is, if she, she doesn't know, you go to her, by the way, I don't know if you realize it, but whatever. I don't know if you realize it, but A, B, C, D, F, G. It might work. It might work. Because then she's mamish, you know, she has your shamayim. For her, tzniyas is very, very important, and it's going to work. But guess what? If that's not what's going on, and you've already mentioned it several times to her, and you said to her, you know, I don't think this is halacha, and she keeps on wearing it, she doesn't care about it, so now you guys have a problem on your hand. Because now she's not keeping halacha, and you wanted to keep the halacha, obviously you want your children, obviously, to dress in a normal way, in a halachadik way, right? And how do you do it? Okay, so there are different ways of doing it. Instead of bashing her, which you tried already, it doesn't work. Mustering her, which you tried, it doesn't work. Don't, by the way, don't try it. 
Those of you who are going through this problem right now, and I think to themselves, oh, by the way, you're talking to me. I get this, Baruch Hashem, thank you, Hashem, all the time. Well, people like, send me feedback, you, you're mamish talking to me. So guess what? Nothing to do with me. It's also Yashmaya. So I will tell you, don't go over to her. Gen- in, I would say 90% of the time, don't go over to her and say, by the way, what you're doing is against Allah. It, it, it's not necessarily going to work. Unless you have that type of wife who will just say, oh, I didn't realize. Okay, fine. But if it's, if it's like, and by the way, bef- <laughs> it's so funny because I'm talking to you about this and I know that a lot of you, okay, not you, other people, whatever, who might be listening. Not you who's listening. The other person who's listening, right? <laughs> that what? Is thinking to themselves, well, yeah, my wife is, goes against halacha. Hey, buddy, why don't you find out what the halacha is before? I- I'm sorry to be so frank with you. I- I'm sorry. Please be Michael me. I- I'm not trying to be tough. I see, I see this in my office so many times where so many people like, well, she's going against halacha. I'm like, well, did you ask your posik what the halacha is? Then he'll come back and say, my posik said, actually, it's mutter, but it's better not. Well, oh, okay. Once now you're a different story. You told me before it's mutter, it's better not. Okay, better now, so now we have to go to a different category of how to deal with this, right? Okay, so that's what's important, number one, to find out what the halacha is, what your posik says the halacha is. If it's not kahalacha, and she's the type of woman you could say to her, by the way, I don't know if you realize, but this is not the halacha, then say it. But if you try it doesn't work, then try the other way. Make me, don't break me. Motivate her. Say to her, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking of buying you a new dress. Why don't we go together and buy a new dress for you? Okay, fine. If that's the type of mishpacha that you are. <laughs> You can do that, let's say, okay, go to Macy's and she tries things on or whatever it is and, 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 and you could say, wow, you know, wow, this is so beautiful and tell her, you know, this is so beautiful. Something that's a little bit longer, say to her because the truth of the matter is, you know, where many of these problems arise is when the woman's not getting enough attention at home and subconsciously, either consciously or subconsciously, I'm being makotov, that's probably subconsciously, She's doing this because, you know what, naturally, I ain't getting any attention at home, so I'll dress the way I like, and I'll feel good about myself, and I'll feel good about myself. Well, you know what, maybe, gentlemen, go the other route. Start with giving her more attention in the house. Start with complimenting her more in the house, telling her that she looks beautiful without her need to wear certain things and that will help then she's going to feel love do you understand what I'm saying you see where I'm getting at here it's positivity versus negativity it's so much more effective but so much harder I know it's harder it's not natural naturally it's like well, what are you doing what are you wearing Like, what is that are you for real this is the woman I married look at my every Friday night and this is how you dress like are you serious calm down calm down gentlemen calm down and don't talk like that to your wives First, find out if it's halacha. If it's not halacha, then you might just have to leave it alone. You could speak to your posik about that as well. You might just have to leave it alone. And if it's not, and if it's, and if it's not halacha, and you try different ways, then you can motivate her, give her more attention in the home. Maybe she needs more attention. Offer to go shopping with her. Offer to go shopping with her. Tell her how beautiful she looks and whatever else it is. She'll want automatically herself to dress for you because she gets beautiful compliments from her husband, which has to happen, right? Sorry, so worked up today. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Oh, we're talking about the men. Oh, ladies. Oh, ladies. I forgot. There's the ladies. Yes, ladies. You know, chas v'shalom. You know, you know my aim in the show. I just want you to have shalom bias. I, I, I really just want to have shalom bias. I see so many things, Baruch Hashem. I just want you to have shalom bias. So, uh, ladies, it's very, very, very important 
to not musur your husband. It's really important to musur your husband, to give him musur and tell him, you know, you're not davening on time. You know, you, you don't go up. You, you, you know, you come so late to shul. It, it's, it's ridiculous how late you come to shul. You know, everybody looks at you. Or to say all these things to your husband. Again, again, th- there's two things. It, you know, if you're talking about a situation, your husband, mamish, I don't know, he's taking showers, chas v'shalom, after the zman. Okay, he's taking showers after the zman. So obviously there's different cheetahs, right? Litvish, chasidish, baby, chasidish, they could take it later. I don't know. But I tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. I know that in the litvish world, the way it works, you have shkia. Past shkia, that's it, it's over. You know what I'm saying? It should really be candlelight, should do earlier. You have shkia and past So now you're, you're litvish and your husband's taking showers, let's say, after. Okay, whatever. Yeah, you know, problem. He's a litvish guy. He's taking showers after shkia. Erev Shabbos. And it's like, whoa, what's going on with my husband? You guys have a problem. I understand. You guys have a problem. But to tell him to come to, uh, earlier to davening or later to davening or to get involved with his sheer or his not sheer, ladies, you're not going to motivate him like that. And men are more sensitive to this in no certain way than women, I will tell you. Besides the area of dress, I know, the area of dress is like sort of taboo. I get it. I get it. I get it. But when it comes to everything else, I will tell you, ladies, you're, again, again, I know I'm generalizing and there are exceptions. I get it. But I will tell you from what I'm seeing, and that is that the men are much more sensitive when it comes to control. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. You're going to tell me to go davening on time? You tell me last Shabbos they didn't come to davening? Or the kids wake them up, they're not going to time at davening? I know what you're saying. And I hear these complaints from men all the time. Don't get involved. So what am I supposed to do, Rabbi Greenfield? What you do is you motivate. You motivate when they do come on time. Wow, makes me so happy. Maybe if your husband's the type of person that, you know... I know this is dangerous, but if he's a type of husband that would appreciate a reward, meaning a type of reward, maybe I don't know, cook him a nice breakfast, or this or that, the other thing, you know, motivates me, whatever it is, but you can motivate him. You can motivate him. It makes me so happy. You have to be careful. Even when I'm saying this, you have to be careful, honestly, because even that, to some husbands, would be considered control. What do you mean you're so happy I came to davening on time? What do you mean? What does that have to do with you? It's none of your business. If you have the type of, of type of husband, so you're right, you can't do it. But if not, if your husband will appreciate, then say to him, I'm so proud of you. It's so nice to see that you went to Shear. Like the whole week you went to Shear. Whatever level your husband's holding up, you went to Shear. Amish makes me proud of you. It makes me happy. It makes me happy. Most husbands will like to hear that. Some husbands won't. You have to be careful. But positivity breeds positivity. And negativity breeds negativity. And our role is not Ezra Kenegda where I'm giving Muslim to my husband and giving Muslim to my wife. It's not my role. If they're not keeping kahalacha, so yeah, figure out how to motivate my husband, how to motivate my wife. If it's a simple matter that she'll just listen to me, okay, I'll do it simply. But that's not the role. What is the role? The role of shalom is primarily chesed. Primarily chesed, which means to do things for you, even though I don't agree with you, to be there for you, even though I don't, I don't have that need, to spend quality time with you, even though I don't have that need, to prepare you a certain dinner, even though I don't like it, to not attack you when I feel like that you're to blame. I'm going to control myself. And that's the hardest, actually, piece of chesed. When I'm really upset at you, but I'm not going to attack you, I'm not going to criticize you, I'm going to give myself some time. And I'm going to realize that I have my hats on. That's like the biggest chesed. That's like the biggest chesed, to control yourself and not to attack and blame your wife, not to attack and blame your husband. That's like the biggest piece of it. And this is very, very important, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's what the mission is, that there shouldn't be machlokis in the house. Not and to give as much as you can to your spouse, not to muster them. I understand sometimes there are issues, but that's not the 
the, the mission statement. In some people's minds, it's like, that's the mission statement. Yeah, the mission statement, I have to muster my husband, muster my wife. I have to be there for him. Being that is a connective means I have to muster him. No, you can motivate in different ways. You can motivate. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move. Okay, now, here, here comes the other issue. Boy, it's hot here in the studio today. Okay, fine. The other issue is like this. Thank you for listening to it. Okay, like this. All right. Azer Connecto. You know, Azer Connecto means, right? Azer Connecto. Zacha. It's an Azer. Lo Zacha. Connecto. So how do we do that? Zacha Azer. In, if for you to have an Azer Connecto where it's, it's the Azer Connecto where it's Azer, where your wife is your partner or your husband is your partner and you're a team and you're connected and you're united, one of the pivotal pieces in order to reach that goal is something called consultation. Consultation. Last week, I, I posed a question. I don't know what the answer to this question. You can answer it yourself. But the question was, what would have happened if Chava would have consulted her husband? Instead of just eating from the Eitz Hadas, instead of just falling for the Nachash's trick, which he pushed her and then she touched the, the tree or whatever it was and nothing happened to her. She says, okay, great. So now I can eat it. Great. Let me just eat it. What would have happened if she would have gone over to Adam and said, Adam, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Adam, I, I just want to understand. You told me I can't eat from the tree. I can't touch the tree. Look, I touched the tree. Nothing happened. Touched the tree. Nothing happened. You would have said, oh, no, 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 no. It's eating, not touching, whatever. They would have worked it out. They would have worked it out. I would assume, I, I, I can't tell you, but you can think to yourself, right? Obviously, they were punished for this. So the bottom line over here is consultation is extremely important. I know some of you are listening to me right now saying, I beg Greenfield, I know this. Of course, I have to consult my husband. Of course, I have to consult my wife. We don't do things alone. Well, is that true? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you because I'm going to be discussing some areas now of consultation, which you may have thought you never have to consult your husband for this. You might have thought, yeah, I don't have to consult my wife. Why should I consult her? It's a double push it. Double push it. I don't need to consult. Really? Okay. There, I, I, you know, I wanted to categorize it correctly. I only had so much time to do this in a structured, coherent, comprehensive way. So, it's, it's pretty much structure I'm about to tell you, but I, still, I know, I know that I could even get it more structured, but I'll tell you like this. That's like this. There are two areas of consultation when it comes to consulting your wife or consulting your husband. And I'm going to tell you what those two ways are. There's two areas. The first area is where obviously I have to consult. I mean, I'm not gonna, we're not going to send Maishi to a new yeshiva without asking my, my husband or my wife. I'm not going to do that. Well, obviously, we have to consult. That's obvious. Okay, fine. Then there are things that you might think, I don't really have to consult. What do you mean I don't have to consult? Well, I'll give you an example. Ladies, this is for you. We're having my husband, we're ha you're having your mother-in-law, your, your in-laws coming in for Shabbos, okay? They're coming over for Shabbos. You have a simcha, Baruch Hashem. Your in-laws are coming for Shabbos. And generally, when your in-laws come, what happens is you have, let's say, Baruch Hashem, you have a big house, and your husband has an office in the house, and when your in-laws come, 
they like sleeping in the office. For whatever reason it is, they don't like sleeping in the guest room. They like sleeping in the office because there's a window there and they need more air. Who knows? But they like sleeping in your husband's office. So now you're going to have to like, you know, push over his stuff and, I don't know, prepare the beds. And obviously they're sleeping in his office. So why do I have to ask my husband, can I set up your office for your parents? I mean, it's so ridiculous. First of all, it, we all know that whenever they come, they use your office, number one. Number two, it's your parents. It's your parents. Like, hello, I have to, I have to tell you that your parents are sleeping in your office, uh, in the house. Obviously they are. That's where they always sleep. So why do I have to tell you this? It's so obvious. No, ladies, no. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, men have a sensitivity to control. It might be, you want, you want to call it warped? Call it warped. Call it whatever you want. Always consult. Tell your husband, by the way, you know your parents are coming for Shabbos. They're going to need your office. Is it okay? Even I, you know, I'm even saying it like on your behalf because I know it's like just a simple thing. But I'm telling you, say it this way. What way am I talking about? I'm talking about tell your husband, Moshe, Yaakov, honey, whatever you call him. Say to him, is it okay if, if, I use, if I set up your office for your parents? Doesn't that sound ridiculous? Doesn't that sound ridiculous? Like you have to ask your husband for permission to use his office. It's for his parents. Isn't that ridiculous? You know what? Maybe it is ridiculous, but it's important, and it works, and it prevents machlokas, which is the, which is the point of marriage. Do it. Do it. You'll prevent machlokas. You know a lot of you have sensitive husbands. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know if your husband's sensitive, especially he gets very, very upset, very critical, very attacking. That's the biggest, biggest symptom of sensitivity. Yeah, that's the biggest symptom of sensitivity. Ask your husband. Ask him. Don't let it be a dovey do. Oh, push it. It's push it. I don't have to ask him. I never ask him. <laughs> Start asking him. Start asking him. For him, it's important. He's a achievement-based person. Control, he's very sensitive to the, in the area of control. I'm sorry, ladies. But men, this applies to you as well. Gentlemen, you have to ask your wife. Okay, let's start with the men. Okay. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. I don't even know where to start with, but uh, you know, let's start with this, gentlemen. I know that you want to make your wife happy. You do. You want to make your wife happy. And even if you don't want to make her happy, you just want her to be happy. You want your wife to be happy. You don't like coming home and seeing that your wife is forbittered and she's complaining and she's like soured faced. It's like, you know, I, I actually heard from men. I, I heard men tell me, you know what? I can't stand my wife. I watch her. I come home. She's so sour. Her face is like soured, sebrachen, sebrachen. You don't like that. You like it when your wife is happy, right? Because that's the way we're programmed. So guess what, gentlemen? Don't surprise her. Don't su except for birthdays. And even in birthdays, I would say, don't surprise her with something that might go either way. Meaning like this. Your wife want, likes it when you come home on time. That's what she likes when you come home on time. You help her with the kids, with the children, and, and, and you're there for her. That's how she feels loved. Now, you're going to come later because in your mind, in your mind, you know that she needs something from the store or you think that she needs something from the store and you don't know how she's going to make dinner tomorrow night. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to the store and you're going to buy some frozen pizza for her to have dinner for tomorrow night because, you know, tomorrow night she has this whole issue. So you're going to surprise her and you're going to come late. Do you hear this? Isn't it sound like so nice and so beautiful? Wow. I surprised my wife. I got her pizza. This and that, guess what? If you would have surprised her and you got her pizza, 
first of all, you're still taking a risk because she might not need the frozen pizza. She might already cheshbon what she's doing tomorrow night. Even though you know tomorrow night is PTA, she's not going to be able to make dinner or that. Maybe she already cheshbon it out. For all you know, she already prepared dinner two days ago. She put it in the freezer and she already asked cheshbon. And here you are going to the store, buying her frozen pizza for tomorrow night's PTA because she's not around. But guess what? She already worked it out. Hi, Miriam. Hi, hi, Sarah. Look what I have. Look what I have. I have frozen pizza. I got this for you for tomorrow night because PTA. Oh, that's so thoughtful of you. Actually, I took care of it. I already thought about that last week because I'm very masudder. Now, again, it depends on the type of wife you have. She is masudder. She's not masudder. It could work either way. But a lot of times, I've tried to say most times, these surprises don't work. What will mean more for her is if you give her a call and say to her, Shifra, I know tomorrow night where the kids have PTA I know it's going to be hard for you to serve dinner. Do you want me to pick up pizza on the way frozen pizza so they'll have pizza tomorrow night? Oh, that's so thoughtful of you, Moshe. You know what? That would really help me. And then she feels loved. For some reason, there are men out there, they get a certain geschmackheit of surprising their wives. Certain geschmackheit. Ah, I surprised you. Don't you love it? And their wife's like, Ashley, thank you so much for thinking about it. I actually took care of it already. Yeah, it was taken care of. That meal was already taken care of. Or that issue was already taken care of. Oh, you called, uh, you called what's her name to tell her that, to set up whatever rooms it is? Well, actually, you know what? I actually worked that out already. It's like, consult, consult, consult with your wife. Don't surprise her in these things thinking she's going to be happy. Number one, I'm talking about surprises in areas where she didn't ask you anything. She didn't ask you and you're surprising her. You're surprising her. Guess what, Sarah? You know what I just bought? I just remember you were telling me that you wanted a new recliner. I just went to the store and I bought a brand new recliner. It's coming in today. It's coming in today. The movers are coming in today around three o'clock. Remember you told me you want that? So I bought it for you. They're coming in today. Just make sure that you're there at three o'clock. I know it's hard. Now his wife is listening to this like, Are you serious? What do you mean? Am I serious? I am very serious. I bought you the recliner. You said you want a brand new recliner, so I bought it for you. And she's like, Livid. The woman's livid. She's like, why is she livid? It doesn't happen. I'm being surprising her. She's like, why don't you consult me? Why don't you tell me I wanted to pick the color? I want to see the leather. I would have loved going shopping with you. Why didn't you tell me? Big machlek. This becomes a big machlek. What do you mean? You're upset at me? I thought this is what you wanted. I thought this is what you wanted. And then it becomes like a whole fight. Gentlemen, you know you could have prevented this by just consulting your wife. Ladies, 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 don't be upset at your husband. It's a normal thing that men do. They want to surprise their husbands, their wives. They want, they want to do this. It's very, very normal for men to want to surprise their wives. I know some, I see this again and again. Normal need. But gentlemen, consult your wives. Consult your wives. This works for ladies also. But it's important to consult. Don't come up with these surprises. Now, also, gentlemen, when your wife asks you to do something for her, and you do it in a different way, thinking, actually, she's going to like it this way. It also doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. If she says to you, you know, can you do me a favor? Take my dress. I don't have time. Take my dress to the cleaner. And then you're at the cleaner. And she says to you, that, and she, know, she mentioned to you on Shabbos that there's, that there's a certain rip in the dress. And you tell the tailor, why don't you fix it? You know what? Maybe she has some... some she didn't want you to use that tailor. So here you are surprising her. She asked you to do the cleaners. You're pushing also the, the fixing of the dress. She doesn't like this tailor. This tailor doesn't do a good job. You're coming back. Oh, I fix it. Like, he can't tell you this. That's my point. Ladies and gentlemen, 
you know, I, I'm sorry if I'm coming a little too strong. I do. I apologize. Because, you know, I just want Shalom Baizes in your houses. But I'm saying to you, a lot of these surprises, they, they, it's like a double-edged sword. It comes like a boomerang. It comes right back. It comes right back to haunt us. So, gentlemen, just ask your wife. You know, I, I, I had an idea. I'm going to the cleaners. Do you want me to tell the tale to fix, to fix the rip? Ask your wife. Ask her. She'll tell you yes or no. She'll say, thank you so much for thinking about me. And if, and if she's not, ladies, it's very, very important. Tell your husband, thank you so much for thinking about me. Not, no, no, no. Please don't, don't, don't use that tailor. Not that tailor. <laughs> tell him nicely. Thank you for thinking about me. And that'll help. Okay. So that's that. Next. Next, 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 next. So these surprises don't work. It's important to consult. Especially when it comes to children and chinuch. You hear me? Especially when it comes to children and chinuch. Gentlemen, you have this deal made up with your son that you're going to get him a cell phone, of course a kosher phone. If he scores a certain thing on a test, you'll get him a kosher phone because he's been wanting and begging you for a kosher phone. Did you consult your wife? Did you ask your wife about this? See what she has to say. What do you mean? This is my area. She knows. I take care of these things. No, we don't do that. We work together as a team. Consult your wife. She's not out to get you. You work it out together. Gentlemen, you're, you know, and I see this many times the kids, they, you know, you know what kids do these days, honestly? <laughs> kids listening to the show, they know it's true. They'll like, they'll like go from parent to parent to see what parent they can manipulate to get the way that they want because they know this, this one's easier on this, that one's easier on that. And if she says no, go, you have to be a team. So two things. First of all, gentlemen, this is mostly the men, but it's also women. It's also a female problem, sorry to say. But gentlemen, I'm asking you, please, don't do chinuch decisions with your children without consulting your wife. It, it, it causes machlokis. But what do you mean? I'm the man. I know more. I, I know that he needs it two or three times a week. She doesn't know. You know, speak to your wife. It might be too much of a heavy burden for your son at the beginning. Maybe he only needs one night a week of touring. Again, speak to your wife. Consult with your wife. She's an azer kinegdo. She could be an azer to you. An azer because you're consulting with her. She's not telling you and controlling you, but you're working together. You asked her about the tutoring and I shall tell you, I I agree he needs tutoring this year, but let's start with once a week, not three times a week. Whatever it is, consult your wife. Now, if your husband, ladies, this is important. Now I'm talking to you. I'm sorry. Ladies, if your husband makes, I know, what, I know what frustrates you, ladies. What frustrates you is when your husbands make decisions for your children without consulting you. And they're telling the kids they can go to sleep late, or they're telling the kids they can have cell phones, or they could tell the kids they could watch a certain movie, whatever they're telling them. And it frustrates you because, like, why don't you ask me? I know that, whatever it is. If it's a small issue, it's something that just happened on the table, okay? Where, um, you know, your husband says, your husband says, you don't have to stay at the table. Go, let's say your husband says to, to your child, you know what, why don't you go read a book? You don't have to stay by the Shabbos table. Go read a book. And you already spoke to your son before and told him, this Shabbos, I want you to stay by the Shabbos table. Or work the other way around. If your husband does this mistake, because a lot of your husbands are not listening to this show right now, I know that. And your husband makes this mistake where your husband, or even if he is listening to the show, but he's, no one's perfect. And he doesn't consult you and he makes decisions for the kids without consulting you. And the kids are sitting there and it's a thing that has to happen right now. Please do not argue with your husband on this issue because it's going to have a toxic effect for your children. What they're going to see that you're arguing, they're going to feel the sense of machlokas, they're going to feel a lack of security. It's going to affect their self-esteem. I'm telling you. I am telling you. Learn this stuff. 
it's going to affect their self-esteem. And I've seen this stuff. So what I'm saying to you, ladies, is just for then just let it go. Let it go. Tati said, fine. Fine, just let it go. Gentlemen, I'm talking to you too. I'm talking to you too. If mommy said and you don't agree, mommy said, okay, fine, let it go. Then you can have a private discussion. And then if it's an urgent issue, you could say, and not make a big deal out of this, you could say, Shifra, Leah, Sarah, can you come here saying can we talk? I, said, I, I know that you, I, I really did not want him to go and, and, and listen now to his MP3 player. He has to listen, he has to do his homework. I, listen, I don't understand. And she'll say, you actually, I made a deal with him. Or whatever. Okay, fine, be mavater, working it together. The last thing you need is for the children to observe machlokas in the home. The last thing you need. It's, gonna, it, it's going to tarnish. It's going to affect negatively their, their development. It will. Obviously, they're, they're therapy, they're going to be helped, and it could be minor, and don't, you know, let's not lose sleep over it right now. But it's major. It is major. It's a major, major, major deal for your child's development. We can't always control it. But by the way, when I say we can't always control it, I don't really mean what I'm saying. What do you mean? Why am I saying it? What I mean by that is that, is that sometimes, like in the beginning, where like, you know, like you see your husband doing something, and it's like, Moshe, you're letting him do it. Like, you're not even thinking, Moshe, you're letting him do it. So now the kids see like, hey, hey, they just see like, oh, mommy and Tati, yeah. Smooth it over, smooth it. Okay, no problem, Moshe, no problem. Even though in your mind you're thinking, oh, I can't believe my husband's letting them like watch that. I'm not, I can't believe my husband's letting them, letting, not talking about a cell phone now, talk, you know, getting a cell phone. I'm talking about, I can't believe my husband's letting them, you know, go to sleep later tonight. Just let it go, let it go, let it go. They need to see that mommy and Tati are working together. That's what they need. Ma and ta abanima. That's what they need to know. Okay, now. And it works both ways. This works both ways. I know you're thinking, oh, this is actually the other way in my house. No problem. It works the other way. So it applies for both spouses. You have to be a team with your children. But on the other hand, you have to consult also. You have to consult. Your children have to see your team, but you have to consult them. If it's a major issue, call them privately. Say, Moshe, can we speak for a second? Can you come here to the kitchen for a second? Even though they know what's going on. Can we speak? It's a private discussion. But if Tati made up already and he told the children they can do it, let it go for this time. For this time, let it go. I'm not talking about getting a cell phone. I'm talking about right now, he said you can go listen to the MP3 player. Right now, he said you could go watch Agent MS. Whatever it was, let it go for now. Let it go for now. It's not worth machlokas. Let's just move on to something else. I, don't, I know I don't have a lot of time for this. I know I don't have a lot of time for this, but a couple of things. First of all, inviting people for Shabbos and, and going away for Shabbos. There can never be assumptions on inviting people for Shabbos. Even if this person is by you for Shabbos, like every Shabbos already, you always have to consult with your husband. You always have to consult with your wife. But even more important is going away for Shabbos. If your sister just had a simcha or your brother just had a baby, and now, of course, what do you mean? We always go. We go away for Shabbos. So, Moshe, can I just ask you a question? When are we leaving for Shabbos? What do you mean? I never knew we were going away for Shabbos. What do you mean? We know when my brother has a baby, we go for the Kiddush and this and that. We always do that. Consult. Consult. Ask your husband for What do you mean? He, or you could say even worse. What do you mean? It's his brother. I'm not talking about my family. I'm talking about his family. Why do I have to consult his family? Obviously, he's going to his family. Simcha. It's not always so obvious, number one. Number two, even obvious, trust me. It'll give him a good feeling when you ask him, okay, do you want to go then for the Simcha? Yeah, he'll say yes. Or he might tell you, actually, the Simcha I'm not going for because it's just a Shalom Zachar, and I told my, my brother that I'm, I'm going to be there just for the bris because of whatever it is. Again, even though you think he's not going to say that to me, ask him anyways. Give him that feeling of authority. It's important for him. 
He doesn't want to feel controlled. And many times you are going to be surprised. And I find with many couples that many times the obvious is really not so obvious. You're thinking, oh, of course my husband has no problem with that. Well, he does. You think, of course my wife has no problem with that. Of course my wife has no problem if I invite this guy for Shabbos. I always invite him for Shabbos. Well, guess what? She actually wanted to spend alone time with you this Shabbos. She didn't want this guy coming for Shabbos. So why don't you ask her? Ask her. Ask her. And ask her and ask him. And this, it'll become an Azer Konegdo. It'll become an Azer. Zacha, Azer. Lo Zacha, Konegdo. What's this chus? This chus is an active chus of being Zach, like we spoke in the beginning. Rav Dessler, the what? Being Zach, the way of the Avos, of what I'm actively going to consult my wife on everything. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm sorry, okay, so worked up. I'm going to consult my husband on everything, even silly, stupid things, which I think it's probably okay, but I'm going to ask him anyways, because you know what? You never know. And if it's going to make him feel good, I'm going to ask him, especially when it comes to shopping. Meaning, well, now we don't have Yom Tif. Okay, now it's not Yom Tif. We just finished this whole cycle of Yom Tif, but we're going to have Yom Tif again, and we're going to have summers again, and there are going to be times where, of course, I have to, of course, it's the summertime, and I have to, buy my kids sneakers because they need sneakers. Their sneakers are ripped. Ask your husband. Gentlemen, gentlemen, you might want something that you think your wife would mean. Of course, your wife is okay. She knows good and well that when your friend makes a see him, he said he makes a see him every once a month or what isn't that, you go to your friend and you come home late. Ask her. But what do you mean? She knows I come late. She knows every once a month I, I go, I come late. The sheer is late. Ask her. Ask, 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 ask. I'm not saying you have to ask for permission. No, no, don't get me wrong. Gentlemen, don't get upset at me. I'm not, I'm not asking for permission. Say, can I please come late? I'm not talking about that. Just go to her and say to her, by the way, I, you know, tonight is the Thursday night shear. They actually give chant after the shear. So if it's okay, I'm, I'm probably going to be home a little bit later. I'm not really asking for permission. Just fill her in. If you can't do that, it's too hard to say, is it okay if I come later? Say to her, by the way, it's, it's, consult with her. Tell her, by the way, there's challenge tonight, so I'm probably going to be home later. Is that okay? You can say, is that okay? Who cares? Say, is that okay? She'll say, sure, no problem. Enjoy your challenge. I have no problem with that. It's not a problem at all. I understand we're not spending quality time tonight because your challenge taking over. <laughs> Just joking. Thank you for listening. This is Rabbi, Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Questions, comments, feedback, feel free. 917-397-2841. 917 917-397-2841. That's texting. I know where I don't have time to take calls. I'm sorry. You can try. Thank you for listening. All the best. Have an amazing, amazing.